Okay, and then we uh, we find some buttons like this, and we press here. You look um, very focused on something. What is it? The thing I sent you. Oh, I see. Oh, well, I'll have to open my... Um... Oh, you mean the thing you sent us in prep for today's webinar? Yeah. Or recording? Oh, I yeah. see. I was thinking, oh, he's, I've, I've never seen him look so focused. I know. Um, it, it, I just, it's just, my phone is just here, and it's got all the stuff on. Oh, nice. Uh, so, hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. I'm AP. I'm JB. And um, I have uh, a full um, list of things to talk about today. We also, by the way, JB, we have a, a, a nice handy a couple of new questions that have come in uh, to our uh, question email address, glp at seedle.com. Uh, so if you are a listener and have a listener question around leadership, I mean, we'll answer questions on most things, but we prefer questions around leadership. Um, we'd love for you to send it in to us like we have two rather handy questions. Uh, today's a slightly shorter episode. Uh, we're going to kind of try and bring it in line at about 38 minutes is the ambition. So we will keep our small talk, our usual jolly small talk to a bare minimum uh jb um, i know as you say you've got a, a load bants. of bullets yeah but a, bu a bubbling bants bumbling Wait. bumbling bants bumbling bants i like that i'm um, gone well, and yes. you, you lead the way well i'm quite interested in um this whole coming back to work thing and the emphasis that people are putting onto getting people back to work in an office uh setting and there's quite a little bit of resistance to that, which I, I want to I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, Apple's having a go; they've they've got a policy to get their people back to work, mm. um, which again has got a little bit of resistance to that. And I, so, I, broadly, I think it'd be quite interesting just to check in with what's happening uh, in the workplace since COVID, and. You know, I know we talked about hybrid working and flexi working and all of that sort of stuff. But I thought we should just go back and have a yeah, have a look at it. Really, I agree with you, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I saw in the FT last week that Zoom, who we're currently having a call with, I know we're recording it via Studio Software, but um, Zoom have also, bearing in mind they are the probably the main tool that people use to communicate yeah. with clients, for example. Uh, along with Teams and other uh, webinar or meetings tools are available, even they're asking their direct reports or their people to come back into the office. So it, it's interesting. But yeah, I'm really fascinated by the the data, which I know you're going to share with us shortly, JB, on the whole, um, it's failing. Um, I think that the, the problem is it's, it's for, for an employer's perspective, there's a bit of a perfect storm. I think we assumed that the cost of living crisis that many of us are experiencing around the world right now linked to inflation and there's been some data out today incidentally which is suggesting um, on average earnings have increased by 7.2 percent in the last 12 months well uh, the majority of people haven't benefited from it there obviously must be a minority that have had big chunky pay rises i hate to say um but there is despite all of these factors an employee shortage um, and therefore, I suppose, if working conditions are seen to deteriorate for an individual, pay, if it is not the primary driver for most people, 
it is a definite factor. And me and JB mm. talk about pay being clearly a, you know, sustainable factor. If I can't afford to live, then there's no point in me working for this company. But above a salary that allows me to at least have the basics in life for myself and my family, um, it should be all about what that offers me as a quality of life. What I sense has become the norm for me and JB for a decade now, scarily, is that hybrid working has been the absolute norm for me and JB. I started working for a company called IHS. There's no secret to it because you can look it up on my LinkedIn. Um, and I worked at IHS. My boss was based in Chicago. Um, I was based in, in London or Hampshire in the UK. And I didn't meet her until I was in the job for six months. Back at that point, we used WebEx with a phone bridge. So you'd see the person's vision on screen and then you'd listen to a phone line to talk to them. It was all very clunky, wow. but it worked. But wow. I definitely also subscribe to the school of thought that the time we spent face to face was so much more meaningful. Um, when I met her for the first time, it felt like I'd known her for years and actually we got on really well. Uh, and I had several other colleagues that I met for the first time and we got together for once every six months. Um, but I guess the frequency of those meetings, did it impact or harm? I'm not sure. So as a, as a heads up for you, JB, I worked for IHS for two years before I was headhunted to go over to TMF Group. In that two years, I had a desk for the first year assigned to me in an office in Hampshire in a place called Bracknell. And I was at that desk seven days in the first year. Uh, when well, I was just in seven days, seven days out of the year, I was at that desk in wow. the office in the whole year. Now, I caveat that I was in the office, however, for about 25. Okay. Because the other uh, 18 days, I was hosting events for the staff. I was running a, a sales education function. So if we're running a sales learning conference, that would be held in the office. But me coming to the office deliberately for just being at the office, unless there was a purpose, I was never needed there because my peers and my boss were based in different parts of the world. There was zero value in me being sat in a desk when there was zero value in doing so. Now, that's that company i then went on to tmf group where i was for four years and as jb will know i had a team of somewhere up to 15 at various points um and only two resided in the uk the rest of them were all over the world so once again in that company i probably went in two days a month and most of the time it was deliberately to go in for a load of meetings and i'd come back home so simply residing at a desk was pointless so I am definitely of the school of thought that going to an office to have some face-to-face -face meetings is a value, but to insist people go to an office merely to be seen at sat at a desk, I believe is counterproductive and remains so. So workers are coming in on average 1.4 days a week at companies mm -hmm. that require office attendance twice a week. Uh, the same figure as those with no obligation to attend at all, according to this study um, by a workplace consultancy, AWA. I found that quite an interesting figure in its own right, actually, because I, hmm. I I thought it would be higher. What, as in? Uh, uh, mm. and in terms of average, so 1.4 days a week at companies that require office attendance. I mean, that's not, that's not very many days, is it? 
No. And I know that my former employer, TMF Group, I still keep in contact with a number of people and they've recently downsized their office from 150 seats to about 35 because since the pandemic, it has barely had, you know, 30 people in the office at any one time. Um, so that that doesn't surprise me. What I'm more intrigued about is the psychology behind the fact that it's 1.4 days when there is mandated office attendance for two days. So therefore, people aren't compliant to that two day demand. And secondly, the ones that aren't mandating, ironically, are getting the same amount of engagement. Uh, we have an employee that I know that comes into our office five days a week, he comes in every working day because he prefers that. He enjoys coming out of his home. He likes the commute to work and he appreciates that kind of separation between home and office, which I totally su support. Well, this is backed up by uh, Gemma Dale of the business lecturer. He's a, she's a business lecturer at Liverpool, uh, John Moores University. Um, she says that um, employees are now resisting arbitrary office working. Um, speaking to HR magazine recently, she said, we know that the demand for a remote and hybrid work has been sustained. People want it, are prepared to move jobs for it, and have built their lives and budgets around this. And this is interesting, given the uh, current economic climate. Um, so, um, you know, will people continue to resist the demands uh, to return to the office um, when this isn't working for them anymore? It's not working for their preferences. It's not working with what they got used to. Um, and they don't see the benefit to them uh, or how they do their work. What does this mean, And Ah, uh, it, it's it's so tricky. There is so many unknowns, isn't there, for business? Um, I think technology has become such that now the arguments that used to be the simple excuse that an employer can make have disappeared. So it's now about a balance, isn't it? Um, th th at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I remember, and TMF again, I don't mind naming because it was a good thing. They were quite keen within three years. I remember it in 2019, within three years, would like 60% of our workforce to be hybrid. So that was an ambition pre-pandemic. The reason they said three years was to get the infrastructure to a state where it would work. Um, three years later, it happened in three months because the pandemic forced their hand. Um, but I'm, as I'm aware, many of these organizations that just adopt a hybrid policy, it's very much down to the line managers. So maybe, the, and, and I have seen, and you've probably seen this actually with some of the clients you work with JB yeah. in your own consulting business, that you'll go into an organization that could be five bosses, five, you know, senior leaders. One of their team is always present. And there was almost envy of the ones that aren't because the other, you know, senior leader says, well, pfft, as long as my people get their work done, that's my judgment of success. I don't care the hours they keep or where they do it, as long as they do it. And I, I, to me, that makes a, an awful lot more more sense. I mean, you know, parents um, are going to find flexible working a great deal more um, appropriate for their way of life, aren't mm. they? And to think... Uh, I was talking to someone earlier today, actually. One one is a, a nurse, um, and her husband husband is the harbour master in um, in Ramsgate, where I live. And um, she 
<clears throat> and he have managed to structure their lives around a, a very hybrid kind of way of working, um, which kind of um, makes an awful lot of sense. <laughs> Excuse me, coughing. Oh dear. Um, there we go. Um, you bet. You okay? Can you cut that out? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, go on. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. So um, you know they've got kids, um, and you know their 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 work is kind of flexi time, and uh, you know kind of it, it seems an enlightened approach uh, to to doing things. Um, I I completely get the point. Uh, that in order to um, keep morale uh, together and to get good communication um, and a feeling of belonging, it's a good idea to have people in the office uh, for a period of time. You know, that that, that kind of makes sense to me. But these kind of staged ideas, I think Apple have got a plan uh, to have over a period of time an increase from a minimum of one day a week in the office to two days to a minimum of three days is is the is the kind of general idea i, d I don't see that as sustainable nor do i uh, and it's it, there's also varying patterns of of what the days of the week work um for example i was talking to one organization and their mandated office day is friday and I kind of thought when they first said, I thought, oh, ouch, that would great a bit, wouldn't it? You know, people like to be at home and log off on five o'clock on a Friday. Actually, they've said people have actually really embraced it because when they log off at five o'clock on a Friday, they are then logged off and they travel home and their weekend can begin. Yeah. As opposed to uh, so often when we're working at home, we then, to your point, we work around the kids and the home commitments. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's 7.30 on a Friday everyone's having a wonderful time upstairs or downstairs or wherever it may be. And we've missed part of the weekend already. Um, so there is, there's so many variables, but I, I totally agree with you. I think from a family's perspective these days, it's, it's really important as a leader, wh where do they go then? You know, what is there a, is there a one size fits all or, or, or not? Very difficult for a leader to be present when everybody is in different places and i i do we, you know we know we know some leaders who who really struggle with this you know they don't they don't know how to be present i i um have a friend who um is a consultant to nhs and um she has a view that everybody um in in management and and beyond should should be in full time all the time mm. um because you know to lead a team uh when they're not there when when a lot of them are working from home it's 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 really really difficult um i think it it requires different and new skills don't you think yes to, i agree to, to do that i mean you you have a lot of people working from different places um and you 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 seem to manage it quite well what's your secret and well, here's where it gets very interesting because you've sent this article to me today and we are about to um, ask that people come into the office one day a week if they live within five miles of the office. Right. Because the distance surely is not a prohibitive reason to not come into the office anymore. And whenever anyone does come into the office, they'll say, I really enjoy coming into the office today. 
So actually having an office day, I do think kind of focuses the mind as to doing purposeful meetings. So we're suggesting that when people come into the office, they plan their day out to be meaningful for in-person work. So that when you are at home, you can do the admin stuff. As you know, we run a lot of our webinars virtually. Um, and that, that seems to work quite well. Um, but of course, when you've given me this data today, I then think, well, am I right to mandate it? But at the same time as a company, we need an office, um, but it's a very expensive commodity if it's not being used. It's like buying a really nice car, leaving it on the driveway and never using it. Um, it kind of seems like a waste of money. Um, additionally, you'll be aware, JB, that we founded the company remotely. For the first year, we didn't have an office. Um, and when we did get an office, we ended up downsizing it because we realized no one was going into it. So we're in this funny place where the company almost is seen as a bit amateurish if they don't have some sort of physical presence. But at the same time, if people aren't using it, it it's it's kind of a wasted resource. So this, uh, this staggered return to the office is quite new to me um, until recently you know, that these policies from big corporates and Silicon Valley, for example, you know, it's quite commonplace for, for people to to have that memo from the CEO to say, right, we, you know, we've now understood um, that, you know, COVID kind of created new ways of working and so on. Um, but but we, we're now instigating a staggered approach um, given this date, there will be um, one day a week. This day, in six months' time, two days a week, and then we'll all be in three days a week. Um, this is a is a new phenomenon that I think um, you know we need to we need to be aware of, and there is resistance to it. People people are are, are saying actually, well, if that's the way this is going. I am prepared, and you raised the, the the really good point about money. Um, I, I'm prepared to perhaps even earn less and go somewhere else uh, when I can carry on with this more flexible hybrid working uh, because it, it suits my lifestyle and my family and, and everything else. And, and this is the thing, it's about prioritisation, isn't it? There are some roles that have to be in office. So, JB, this is a question. The 1.4 days, yeah, is that taking into consideration roles that have to be in the office? Or is it where the roles can be hybrid and they're suggesting that is the case? Because my point being is if, if we were to think of a branch of Tesco's, maybe all the stock control people and stuff could be not required in the office but all the store workers that go and load shelves and do the cashier roles and things, they have to be in the office in speech marks. So actually yeah. in a, in an organization is that 1.4 days taken into consideration that office people are never there, but the people that have to be there are there all the time. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't mention it to that level of detail, but it's a very interesting point about different, different job roles, um, having different, uh, opportunities for flexibility and that with it, it i can see that being a little bit of a problem in organizations like you know there's a there's kind of two two types of worker here there's the one that has the flexibility and the one that doesn't and is that okay mm. is that all right i mean you know what what does that do to a culture when you've got all of these different 
deals going on for different pay grades and different uh, job roles, that that sounds like a bit of a recipe for disaster and issues between different types of worker. Yeah. <laughs> so funny you should mention this because there was a question that I think was put to us in a webinar recently, and I think we forgot about it or I forgot to even view it until it was too late. And it said something along the lines of, does it drive aspiration if I'm in a role which requires me in an office because the promotion requires me to then be more hybrid? Mm. So actually, can it drive engagement and ambition? Because if I want to have the role that that person has, it can enable me to do so. I think linking back to the point we were making a few moments ago, if you have an inconsistency of total empowerment of your senior leadership to decide what they wish to do for their service line or their function, I think it can be quite dangerous. Divisive. You, yes. So interestingly, and I'm not going to name the organization, we work with an organization quite closely and their group chief executive, maybe we should get him on as a podcast guest at some point, has insisted that hybrid working should be embraced. It's critical to attract talent to our yeah. organization. Um, but I will leave it to you to do what you want. The policy, which I then had eyeballs of because I was doing some work with this client. So I was asked to look at the engagement survey as well as the policies around certain things. I'm asked to see the hybrid working policy and line one is the blow is a series of recommendations, but it is at the discretion of the country leader to dictate which rules to adopt and which rules to not. And I went to one particular country for this client where it was completely banned working from home. And I challenged, so I was being asked to actually do some work with this office with the leadership community on hybrid working. And I was met with a, just to be clear, we don't do hybrid working here, but we've got to go through the training. So that's why we're sat here with you. And this is this is a business um, a, a sort of an administrative uh, focus, put it yep. that way. And if there is no there's no widgets. There are yeah. no shop so, floors, yeah. nothing. So it is quite it's quite possible to do what needs to be done with a desk and a computer. Mm. And that could be anywhere at home, at work, wherever. Is that right? Yeah. And yes, it, it and it's mandated. So in those um, instructions, uh, is there a rationale for it? And what is the rationale if there is? Mm. Do, they, <laughs> do they do they say? Is there a well? E ah, again, it's <laughs> it, uh, it's. So I mean, look, you and I both know. I, in my opinion, it's a control thing. So I was with one country where um, a country head had rung one of his members of staff who said, can I call at 10.40 on a Friday morning, uh, rang his member of staff, not about um, where are you, because he was working from home that day, this person, and the, the person on the other end of the phone said, can I call you back in 10 minutes? I'm just filling up my car. And then the next week they'd banned working from home policies because people were taking liberties. Well. I'm going to fill up my car. You know, it might make sense for me to go and fill up my car. You've you you nailed it earlier. 
if I am allowed to do the school run with my children, mm. and if we haven't dictated when there is core focus time and when there is not, then why should we punish someone for going and filling up their car at 1040? Uh, at one of our organizations that I work with who do it right, they insist that your 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. is non-negotiable, that you should be at your desk in those four hours. I think that's fair. The other three hours a day is whenever it works around your lifestyle. And 11 till 3, we've got no school runs to worry about, et cetera, et cetera. So they say 11 till 3, Monday to Friday, if it's a working day of yours, those hours you must be present in the online mode or whatever you're going to do. receive a, a call or a, yeah. a, a get involved in something. Yeah. So you might then do seven till nine. You then might do a.m. and p.m. in the evening after the kids gone to bed. But ultimately, you need to be available to other people to connect, to communicate, to collaborate. Eleven till three to, to work, so, solve a problem, to, yes. to to create an opportunity, and all of those things. Yes. I think I think that's I think that's fair, don't you? I agree. I I agree. I, I think where where this study gets interesting is the fact that it makes references failing. So its definition of failure, I presume, is the fact that organizations are mandating two days yeah. and people are coming in 1.4. Yeah. Um, where I would love to know is to map office mandated versus attrition versus the elective. Because it sounds to me like there is two bits of data that gives the same number, 1.4. Yeah. But I'd love it's to know what the okay. Yeah, sorry. So the 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 attrition. I'd love to know if there is an attrition statistic for both yeah. of those bits of data that should give a story, because the mass resignation that we happen had after lockdown two point four, whatever it was in twenty twenty one, twenty early twenty two. No, it was sort of October twenty one. The mass resignation was a lot of people saying. I've either realized that now working from home, this is what I want to do moving forwards, or actually I work in one industry and during when I was furloughed, for those of you that don't live in the UK, that's when the government basically gave you 80% of your salary and you then were free to be at home with your family ultimately. Um, and then in the meantime, some people did some moonlighting and some other jobs to chop up the 20% and they then realized actually I don't want to do retail anymore. I want to go and work in a, an accountancy firm. So there's this great resignation, but the biggest factor that was driving the great resignation was people having a work-life balance. But is it unreasonable for one day a week or 1.4 days a week? Is that unreasonable? That's the question. I don't, it, it doesn't seem to me that, 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 so I think the two things that, that I seem to me to be quite fair is to actually have at least one day in the office a week with a with a with with a you know, a team of people in an organisation. It, it makes sense to get them together um, to work on something specific uh, and 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 to communicate and collaborate and do all of the good things about feeling like you belong to something. And you know that we mustn't forget that you know good communication and good collaboration is a, is a, you know is a mixture of um words and a, and a mixture of body language and a mixture of tone of voice and no one's going to tell me that you can get all of those things um on zoom no all the time you can't but you can do an enormous amount with zoom and teams i see you everything. twice a year maybe and those those nights are erotic emotional of always um I well, it it started when you took me up the Danube <laughs> all those years ago. When was that? That was a long time ago. Twenty nineteen, I think. 
yeah that was that was the beginning of this uh, wonderful of, journey of the end we did, yeah we our podcasts are four years old nearly we started in september october 19. no so, uh, earlier than that so it might be five years old this year and i've still got hair you do speak for yourself um but i i, I just I, I I find this whole area of, of um, hybrid and flexible working quite interesting, actually, in terms of cultural change and, you know, what how this impacts on society as a whole. I, I felt quite encouraged at the beginning of all of this, at the, you know, at the sec, second COVID, um, when it seemed like um, we were going into irreversible change in terms of, um, you know, better better life balance for people. Um, we'd, I thought we'd learned quite a lot. Mm. Uh, and it seemed to me that there are quite a few organisations that are enlightened about that. And the ones that aren't and are strictly mandating um, more than uh, two or three days a week in the office, I, I wonder what we've learned. I wonder what they've learned. What was the data driving that decision? Yeah, exactly. Um, is it control? Is it a lack of trust? The, the, name the companies again, JB. I've said Zoom. You said Apple. Apple. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Apple the, have got their retail business, which I assume is always going to be an office. I can understand some of the stuff they do does require teams of people to be together. So it sounds like there is probably a reasonable business case. What I have to wonder, though, JB, is that in the software sector, shall we say, the hard, I guess, deep tech areas, there has been huge layoffs, isn't there? I think there's been around 100,000 jobs lost globally in the tech space in the last six to 12 months. And are they using that now as a more of a control thing of actually you lot don't realize that we have a bit more power over than you think. So there could be a skills shortage in certain industries, but software, there is a an abundance of, of stock of people. Apple employees have been told they must return to the office starting with at least one office day per week, rising to a minimum of three over the next few months. The directive sent in a memo to staff from CEO Tim Cook says staff will be required to work from the office at least one day per week by the 11th of April, at least two days per week by the 2nd of May, and at least three days per week by the 23rd of May. That is this year, I think. Um, but isn't it interesting, though, JB, that if pre-pandemic we'd seen a memo from Tim Cook saying, hey everybody, from the 1st of January, 2020, we're gonna let you come into the office. We only want you to be in the office three days a week. That would have been heralded as revolutionary in hybrid working. You know, there, yeah. was, of, there was often um, a loose discussion, like I talked to you about my IHS and TMF. I was home worker in my contract. Yeah. But, um, but, it's funny, isn't it, how the story has shifted that now that three days is seen as really quite burdensome to yeah. a to a to an employee. Whereas 2019, three days a week when you went in three days a week, that would have been heralded as a huge celebratory step forward. Well, yeah, that's absolutely. A, that's a very, very good point. So this is Tim Cook again. He's saying the truth is that there's been something essential missing from the past year. Video conferencing calling has narrowed the distance between us, to be sure, but there are things it simply cannot replicate. I'm with him on that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but, twen but but twenty twenty one out of your thirty six hours a week, 
in the mm. office to achieve that, I think is a bit. Well, I, so Deirdre O'Brien, who's the VP of people at Apple, said saying um, in-person collaboration was essential to Apple's culture and future. But while a return to the office is now mandated, some have at least praised its decision to take a more staggered approach rather than requesting three days a week immediately. Um, Can I just yeah. so what's interesting is they're saying three days a week and the VP of HR is saying it is to assist in the essential culture of collaboration. So are they yeah. suggesting that two thirds of an employee's working week should be collaborating rather than doing their focused work? So of yeah. a working week, one third of it is at my computer typing or in the manufacturing or doing stuff. And the other two thirds requires face to face communication is what they're implying by that sentiment, in my opinion. Yeah. So she went on to say in the two years since the pandemic, people have adopted new regimes and this these take time to unwind from practical things like working out who's picking the kids up, as we were saying, or who's looking after the dog, all need attention again. Um, to me, the staggering, a staggered approach indicates Apple has read the mood right and it's recognizing that people are emerging from the pandemic differently and readjusting will take time. Mm. It's interesting that it's days of the week. Is that full days? Is that coming into the office at certain points? Because I know um, of a couple of public sector organizations in the UK and they expect you in three days a week, but you don't have to be in the office for the full days on those three days. So you can work from home eight till 10, miss the rush hour, come into the office and then do 11 till three, then head back again. Yes. Um, it is, there is no normal with no. any of this. Um, but I think there is quite a lot of resistance um, from other groups around well-being mm. uh, not not just not just the the fact that people are suddenly being pushed back into in a lot of cases working uh those three days a week back in the office um but actually also the point that we were making have we learned anything um post pandemic about the value in terms of well-being and flexibility and life balance Can't, are we get are we, is this a oversteer is so, we oversteering back into something that wasn't great beforehand a question then jb to you i'm a chief executive of a business or a managing director of a business we haven't adopted any policies in our business around it but we've let what's happened happened and what should we do we're reading this this piece of data that you've talked about um, we've listened to the comments from Ant and JB. Should I have a policy? And if I should have, what should it be? Is it a number of days? Is it do what you want? And if you're never in the office, that's fine. Is it? Do you see what what, what someone well, listening to this now is thinking? Okay, is this giving me more questions or answers? Well, at the risk of being trite about it, does oh. it not come down to our three favourite things on the planet? Know me focus me, value me. If, if you get those three things right in an organisation, um, you increase your retention, you increase your productivity, um, and 
you increase your your innovation and your learning and development as a as an organization as a whole people feel like they belong to this business um and if you if you employ managers who can't score highly on those three factors of know me focus me value me um then you're a bit screwed anyway so in your case and you have a lot of homeworkers in your business but what mm. you do do is you pull them together for various events um you are constantly speaking to them and communicating with them in lots of different ways um i i i, I am really massively in favor of the hybrid work work model with with no minimum you're suggesting i i i think that you need at least um a day uh to be able to um really get underneath that know me focus me value me i think you have to physically get people together at some point uh i i think if you just have particularly younger workers um who who join organizations and are remotely working from the get-go as as and i can talk about my daughter's experience with this um area um i i think she felt completely isolated mm. and didn't feel like she was part of a company at all she just had a a checklist of things to do um every day and didn't didn't really feel that involved uh, so i'm just using that as an example i th i think it, it's important to get events um locally regionally or or globally uh to to you know that i know there's a big cost in doing this sometimes but i think i think it is important um to have at least some sort of yeah. physical contact don't you well i know i agree so interestingly you know we've just signed a new lease for our business uh, to move to another location it's not too far from where we are currently and actually it was air conditioning that we wanted was the main differentiator but also to be even closer so we were typically on average eight miles from the office for any one of our members of staff uh, we're now three um, so in theory that should enable people to come to the office but ironically JB you know if we say our office lease is £20,000 a year that £20,000 a year could be ten meaningful meetings for people two grand a pop yeah. and we bring yeah. people together for a day with a lunch and all those bits and pieces um and arguably yeah that might be a better way of spending the money i'm tied in for a year now i can't get out of it but <laughs> um you know but but you're absolutely right i think at the same time as i look to run the business and seek investment or funding or clients who may want to come and see us or you know so do all your staff work from home then oh okay mm. Mm. may well be a response whether that is a mm, okay as interesting as good or mm, mm, so you know we, we've got this balance um i am also aware for some organizations that they have really tight data protection you know i've just seen in the news today yes another organization in the uk has leaked data of victims of crime um you know has that been as a result of people working in uncontrolled environments you know right now i'm on a camera i've got a virtual backdrop if that virtual backdrop was on on would you be seeing inadvertently um you know a document with some important names on it 
I don't know. I'm playing devil's advocate. So I, I'm I'm on your side, JB. I think a day a week is fair. Yeah. Because I say if we don't, and, and if there is, if that isn't being adhered to, then, and there's a reason for it, that's okay. But if there's no reason, that shouldn't be the case. So we're saying anyone within 10 miles of the office should come in one day a week. Anyone outside of that, one day a month. Anyone that's more than 100 miles away, it's two days a quarter. So they come in, they'll then be put in a hotel overnight, and then we'll, you know, they can come to the office for two of the days. And but would when you be they encouraging them to do more than one day a week, those if they within... if they if they if they want to, yeah. But as a minimum, one day a week. But then to make sure that they they align those days with others in the business that they could do some face to face collaboration with. So, for example, Joe, who heads up our learning, uh, has um, a user engagement manager team, and it makes sense for them to be in the office the same day because they can then compare what clients are talking about and they can jump on calls together. It yeah. can happen virtually, yeah. but if you're sat listening in, you can say, oh, I can, you know, you, you pick, when I've been in the office, you hear stuff that's going on. And it's often those when you're tapping away conversations that you miss that you then get some insight that you didn't realize it was there. Um, or actually, as you know, so I've got one person that rarely, con I'm not going to name them, they rarely contact me because they either think I'm untouchable, because I am, of course, you know, a complete narcissist, um, or um, they are worried that they might be interfering because I'm always showing as busy on Teams predominantly. But if I sat next to them in the office, maybe they would be able to be a bit more willing to say, Anne, have you got two minutes? Yeah, of course, yeah, what? Or just ask the question across the parapet. Well, here we are. I mean, before pandemics, uh, you know, we we obviously used a bit of Zoom and a bit of this and a bit of that, but it was, you know, it wasn't the core of our our work, was it? I mean, to be fair. And now, you know, it's it's central, it's critical to the way that we operate, um, both using Teams and Zoom. Um, what's where does it go from here? Is there is there another development that we're not aware of that could absolutely rev revolutionise um, the way that we work? What could it possibly be in terms of technology? Do you have any idea? Seedle. I gave you that. Can I have a check? <laughs> On its I, way. I would. So yes, I think that's good, but. Um, I, I, I keep getting things on my Facebook about um, the next revolutionary breakthrough, and it's something you stick on your head. No, um, and, uh, you know, you kind of... You mean uh, the, the alternative reality? Effect. This is the Facebook Zuckerberg idea that we, we are all avatars rather yeah. than our real world. I mean, I, I can't subscribe to that at all. In fact, I've, I've seen an organisation who keep getting so excited about the fact that you can, instead of being yourself, you can have yourself turned into a um, avatar instead. Well, surely that just makes everything even more kind of, you know, less real, in my opinion. That that That's my opinion, of course, but, you know. I wonder whether we'll laugh one day that um, I'm looking at a screen, you're on it, um, with your background, with your backdrop, <laughs> with your mortarboard. Um, I'm on my screen with my backdrop. And I, I just wonder whether in, in <laughs> now you've got your mask. Have you got a snorkel to go with it? I wonder whether this is something that we will look back on in in a few years' time, just think, oh, my God, do you remember when we used to 
kind of do that crazy zoom thing and um he had the backdrops and um and is now putting a range of different things on like masks oh and, i just did that now, see. and now he's a shark um which is all you know so i just i just wonder whether that's going to have an impact and the other thing is the office buildings themselves people are paying huge rents for these buildings that are not yeah. being used um as much are they this is true you're on about one of these aren't you i think that's what is that called where it used to vr headset i can't imagine i don't think that's ever going to work for me but i maybe i will have to eat my words or some that's much better um Thank you. i need I to remember to turn I, these off otherwise it could be a worry yeah, that, with yeah. a client um i'm i think i'm too old to wear one of those headsets i think unless um unless it really ant is now uh, he's got a row of um, lovely petals all over his hair what what was hair um and special eyebrows and do you think this is the future what we need to do is to put lots of decorations on our heads and so on maybe? my eyebrows look a bit horrendous don't they? hold on let's get rid of the eyebrow there yeah. we go it's much better yeah, yeah. It, i i personally i i don't buy it the 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 uh, i i definitely think that as internet connections i don't know how to turn off this blooming headdress <laughs> there it is thank goodness for that um i i think it's all about authentic connection if we're gonna have people working oh the lips haven't gone oh no but see I what i mean the lips they're they're, they're good mm. anyway yeah it's it's so tricky isn't it um i i i am fascinated as to where it's going to end but this study is definitely really interesting and it's good for you because you're um an online all you can eat um training business so there we go fix my lips you know the, the people people um, oh, we you're 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 an owner of this company as well as i am well ex exactly so it's good it is it is all it is all good uh, yeah. for us if there is resistance to because we don't really want people to go back to work full-time in an office do we well i i think the the beauty for seedle by the way um and i don't mind the listeners knowing this is that the hybrid means that having everyone in the office at the same time is going to be much more tricky being able to organize everybody to be on the office at the same time same day yeah. for a learning intervention is tricky yeah. um and therefore seedle is the solution where that's concerned um and training rooms will probably not exist it will be all virtual um and i yeah. think the rare things are definitely required to be an off-site in a hotel facility where people can really disconnect from their day job to focus on behavioral change like you and i used to do which we will no doubt do again at some point um should we end with a listener question or or should we wrap it up and then continue these next time i um i think we should do one listener question and okay. see see where we go with it ay 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 okay um this is from emily in london that's oh, yeah. all it has no context can you share an example of a time when you had to provide constructive feedback to a team member i'm going through this as a new manager right now and i've got some difficult feedback to give and i'm unsure where to start how would you approach giving feedback in a way that promotes their growth rather than knocking them down Ooh. yeah um 
So uh, yeah. I, I've, I, my example, and you, you use the word constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, me and JB were very lucky that JB used to be a consultant for, and I used to be an employee of a company that had, as one of their values, challenge constructively. Um, so in that environment, it became normal to challenge constructively and constructive feedback therefore was encouraged. Um, I don't know the context behind this question and therefore I suppose the fact that you're having to really give this conversation some thought would suggest it is not the normal, the person you're about to have the conversation with might come from more of a fixed place where they're not perhaps willing to adopt what you may give them as constructive feedback. Um, My example, um, I'm trying to chew through the many examples I've had, are generally behavioural. And the constructive feedback generally is around what they want the perception of them to be to other people. And therefore, um, when you then give them the context of that feedback, it helps them align it to what they want people to see of them in the future. You know, so what do you want your reputation to be with with Joe in in finance? Um, I want it to be X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, let me articulate the the feedback that I have, and I wanted to give you. You know, what, how does that piece of feedback align with the the reputation you believe you want to have? Um, and that worked quite well for me. Joe is a is a stage name, by the way, not the individual, and it wasn't in this organisation I'm currently working in. Um, but it was definitely about reputation where I felt it worked best for me. My example actually uh, is uh, having a conversation with a breakfast show presenter. Can you imagine? Absolute nightmare. Mm. Um, They're they're wonderful and they're massively important uh, for the success of any radio station. It's like the face of the radio station. Anyway, this one particular person who was brilliant, by the way, um, had such a huge ego, a really large ego. And I had set up weekly meetings in the office um, to actually build a strategy uh, for for the business uh, with all its various stakeholders and how we were going to do it. And he felt, oh, I've said him he, he's a he, well, he's a he anyway, he, for some reason, felt that it wasn't to do with him. He didn't feel that it was appropriate for him to 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 be in these meetings. <laughs> and um, so I went through a couple of meetings and he hadn't attended. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to challenge this. So I asked him to come and have a conversation with me. And he came in all jolly because, you know, I had a good relationship. It was absolutely fine. Um, but if he didn't get his, what he wanted, he could be difficult. So I uh, opened up the conversation, and it was the first time I ever used this line, which is, um, I want to be frank, honest, and open with you. Would that be okay? And it's the first time I kind of used that. And I took, to be honest with you, I was a young manager, and I was a little bit this could be really awkward but just by using that um i want to be i want to be frank honest and open with you is that okay i i got this kind of um instant yeah of course of course you can and i said well i i'm trying to make some changes here 
and it's really important to me that I have every on, everybody on board and and you are a leading figure in this business and I and I think it would make a hell of a difference to the way that we do things if people saw that you were involved it would it would make me feel you know really really like supported by you if you did and um I I can't tell you how support I can tell you I, he he was brilliant um he responded really favorably and and said I I you know I didn't think it I didn't think it was appropriate for me to turn up I'm just a breakfast show presenter and it's all that management bollocks and I said well no it, it, you know it's not it's not it, it's actually you know culturally it's really important and it's really important for people to see that it's you're involved what a difference it would make and he didn't see that he hadn't connected with that until I told him anyway mm. he uh we had various projects that needed to happen as a result of this plan and uh he actually headed one of those up uh, which was to do with the community um work that we were doing and um he he, he was brilliant absolutely brilliant so that i mean it's a long-winded way of saying um it's all about the framing of the conversation for me and i think i gained entry into the kind of his mind um just by being honest you know by saying is it you know I, I need to say something that's frank honest and open with you yeah I've got permission for that bit then I delivered it and I told him how it it would make me feel if he did get involved and and that was the game changer and things changed from there that's a good story yeah I think you I, might know who I'm talking about I don't know yes tricky, tricky brilliant wonderful talent but quite quite impossible to manage yeah up to yeah. that point which is where you're such an advocate for coaching aren't you 100 um anyway thank you very much for your question if you do have a listener question glp at seedle.com uh, and we'll attempt to do more of them in fact i think we have probably four or five in the bank now so maybe we have a a q a special um i think we do have some upcoming guests in future podcasts i'm just gonna have Ooh, a quick really? scan ahead i think we do don't we in let me have a look um yes so next week jb and i are recording a podcast uh, with a gentleman called frederick van tool who's the chief executive of Corian, um who are a uh, international professional services firm. So we're going to have an interesting conversation with him around um, what he believes is right around leadership. And um, it'll be very interesting for me and JB to kick around some things with him, see what his take is on that. Huh? Fantastic. I know that he is um, quite keen on people wearing suits where they, when they're in the office. Do you think we ought to put our suits on and or put at least put a tie on and see what he says? I think it's, it's absolutely required, 100%. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening, everybody. As ever, glp at seedle.com is the website to go and email our questions to. If not, see you on the next episode. I've been AP. I've been JB. Looking forward to our next podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.